man to ever live said this. He said, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time to kill, time to heal, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a, a time to embrace, a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. So a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. It's fascinating to me that when Jesus finished in the upper room, he made this statement, John 17, 1, Father, the time has come. God, we acknowledge this morning that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. We acknowledge this morning that you are a God of wonderful timing. And God, our prayer today is this, is that we would be living our lives, that we would find ourselves today in step with you. That we would find ourselves in the place that you want us to be at the time that you want us to be. God, let it resonate in our hearts. The time has come. We commit these moments to you. We thank you and we praise you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today is Palm Sunday. It's, it's called Palm Sunday because on the week before what we celebrate, what's often called Easter or Resurrection Sunday, the week prior, Jesus enters into Jerusalem. And when he enters into Jerusalem, the people cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and they would place their coats on the ground and they, and they would place palm branches on the ground. And they, they were thrilled at the arrival of Jesus. Why? Why were they so thrilled at the arrival of Jesus? Because they have waited. They have waited and waited and waited. They have waited for something to happen, feeling like maybe they've waited in vain. In fact, no doubt there were many in Jerusalem that was convinced that time had passed them by, that opportunity was gone, that opportunity was lost. And yet, there was, there was this hope. Six days before Passover, Jesus is in Bethany. This is what we talked about last week. Jesus is in Bethany. He's there at the home of, of Mary and Martha. Lazarus is there. He just recently raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and there was this sense of anticipation, right? 
This sense of expectation of what God is going to do. They're convinced more than ever that Jesus is the man. And and he is going to overthrow Rome. He's going to reposition Israel where it's supposed to be positioned. And, And this oppression that the people are feeling, this weight, this stress that it's going to be lifted. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever been in that, in that spot where you just felt like you were living under this constant oppression. You just felt like you were living under this constant stress. You just felt like you were constantly under somebody else's thumb. And they were, they were convinced that, that Jesus was their great liberator. And they're... There's even something in the air. So as they, as they gathered there at the home of, of Mary and Martha, they were enjoying a great meal and there was all this conversation going on. There was a buzz in the room. And, uh, and in the midst of all this activity, they hear a jar being broken open. It's a, it's a jar of, of, of pure nard. It's a, it's a jar of very expensive perfume. And, and the aroma quickly fills the room. And everyone there is aware of what that jar is. No doubt some are intoxicated by the fragrance. Some are indignant. Judas. Judas is beside himself. What an incredible waste. Do you know how much that's worth? And do you know how much money that would have put into the church treasury? And then Jesus says something that that is absolutely profound and no doubt massively changes the mood of the room. And this is what he says. He says, listen, leave her alone. It was intended that she would do this for my burial. Your your burial, your burial See, here's what, here's what Jesus said. He said, Mary, it's okay. This, this voice that's inside of you that, that has drawn you to do this, that, that, has, that has told you that, that you've got to do this, you, you've got to do it now because you might not have another chance. You, you've got to do it while you still can. Mary, this is, this is your moment. This is the time. Mary didn't realize this would be the last opportunity, the the last moment that she would have to to give this overt expression of worship, this this significant statement of value. 
And yet it it was key. Because Jesus would, Jesus over the next number of days, he would, he would enter triumphantly into Jerusalem. He would overthrow the tables of the money changers in the temple. He would spend time with his closest disciples there in the upper room. And then he would willingly surrender to an angry mob in the garden. Why? Because the time had come. The time had come. Jesus made this statement earlier. He said, for this cause I was born. He knew that this was the very reason why he was on planet earth. He had come to die. But but more than die. Oftentimes what we do is we focus on the sacrifice. But it's fascinating to me in John 17, 1, when Jesus says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son. See, the time had come not just for the greatest sacrifice to ever be known in history, but the time had come for the greatest victory to ever be accomplished in history, the greatest moment to ever take place in history. The greatest feat that would ever happen in history. Jesus would once and for all conquer death, hell, and the grave. Father, the time has come. And when he made that statement... Here's what it meant. The time has come. The time has come to proclaim his royalty. That's what Jesus does when he enters into Jerusalem, and he enters into Jerusalem riding on the colt of a donkey. He he, he enters into Jerusalem. He enters into Jerusalem as royalty, but royalty that comes in peace. The time has come. The time has come to proclaim who he is. So often Jesus has said this. Listen, you whose blind eyes are open, go and show yourselves, go and show yourself to the priest, but don't say anything. You who have been healed of leprosy, go and be well, but don't say anything to anyone. Listen, we we don't want to get things ahead of schedule because the time has not yet come. Jesus did everything that he could for as long as he could to suppress, actually suppress news of his accomplishments. He, He tried to minimize his notoriety. Why? Because the time had not yet come. But oh, in that moment, in that moment, make no mistake, he was well prepared and fully invested. 
It's the reason why he says to his disciples, listen, here's what you need to do. You need to go into Jerusalem. You're going to find this colt that's never been ridden on. You're going you're to find that it's, that, that it's tied up there. I want you to go and I want you to get it. Okay? When the master asks you, when the owner of the colt asks you um, why you're taking this colt, all you have to do is say to them, the master needs it. They will understand. Jesus knew what was going to take place. The time has come. The time has come. The time has come. The time has come to proclaim his royalty. The time has come to purify his temple. Jesus goes from the triumphal entry It tells us in Matthew 21 that he entered the temple area and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Here's what, here's what Jesus was here's what Jesus was dealing with in that moment. He, he, was, he was recognizing those who didn't seek to honor God but instead tried to profit off of an expression of worship. He said, this cannot be. Not now. Not today. Not at this time. Because things are about to change around here. There's a new sheriff in town. There's a king who is rightly ascending to his throne. The time has come. The time has come to prepare his people. He, 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 he gathers them in the upper room. As, as they come in, they're, they're, they're expecting this wonderful Passover meal. And, and instead, they, they find Jesus... There with a cloth around him. And he's this this the same Jesus that that entered in to Jerusalem as a king, this same Jesus that went in with authority into the temple area and, and, and dealt with issues of compromise and deceit and greed. This, this same Jesus now is, is, is taking this quintessential role of a servant as he's washing their feet. And then says things like, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Behold, I go, I go, I go. I go. I go to prepare a place for you. In fact, it's expedient to you. It's important for you that I go. Because as I go, God's going to send another comforter, the the counselor, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, who, who will guide you in all things. And understand that if I go, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to 
to receive you. I'm coming back for a coming back for a bride. Because yes, the time had come to proclaim his royalty. Yes, the time had come to, to purify the temple. Yes, the time had come to prepare the people. But most of all, the time had come to purchase our redemption. And in that moment, as they finished in the upper room, And Jesus says, the time has come. And he prays. He, he prays for what is about to take place. He, he prays for his disciples, his friends. And once, once he has prayed, he says, okay. Let's go. Let's go. He's going to the garden to await the arrival of Judas in the angry mob. He's going to the garden because he understands the time has come for him to step into his destiny. He's going to the garden because he understands that the time has come for him to pay an unspeakable price. But in so doing, provide for an unbelievable gift to all of mankind and to change the trajectory of all eternity. The time has come. Here's the question that I have for you this morning. Just as God orchestrated the life of Jesus, his earthly ministry for 33 years, God's word says this. It says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And God has called each one of us to these moments in life. What will your posture be when for you the time has come? The time has come to overtly share your faith in the workplace. The time has come to move into an, an active season of ministry. The, the, the time has come to fully surrender to God. The time has come. The time has come for your neighbor to know Christ. The time has come for your city to experience the power of God. The time has come for your wayward child to return home. The time has come. What will your response to be. I found this. That in those moments in my life when I have felt like God has said, Ed, the time has come. That invariably what he 
calls me to is something that is really scary on my own, but is really exciting with him. And I love the fact that what God calls us to and the opportunities that he gives us, they're really pretty amazing. I, I want to I, I I um, have a, a, someone come and share real quickly. Uh, uh, Vina Francois, where are you at? I know you're here today. Vina, come on up here. Uh, I, I want to introduce to you Vina Francois. She is what I like to call a daughter of the house. Uh, Vina grew up here at Calvary. And uh, Vina told me <laughs> here not too long ago, she told me, she said, she said, Pastor, uh, when my family came to the church, there weren't very many people that looked like me. And uh, she said the church was pretty, 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 pretty fair-skinned when, when they arrived. Um, and, uh, and Vina's family came here uh, as immigrants. Now you, but you were born in the States, right? So I'll go ahead and hand that to you. You were, you were, you were born in the States. And, uh, but you grew up in Calvary, right? That's correct. Born and raised, grew up here in Calvary Assembly. So Missionettes. Missionettes, Honor Stars. Did all that, youth group? Youth group, yeah. children's choir, adult choir. And uh, my sisters and I have five sisters, and we all grew up on this particular stage singing at the time. You know, what's, you know what's disappointing to me hearing that is I have not, I didn't know until a couple weeks ago that you and your sisters, that you guys had this singing group, and I've not had huh. the opportunity to hear you sing. We're going yes, to have to quickly fix that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, let me, let me I, 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 want, I want to make a comment real quickly. Uh, you know this, hopefully you know this, that, um, that I, I, I tend to be very careful when it comes to issues of politics because I, I understand that there are different, many different political, political persuasions in the room. Um, and this church is not a political, political action committee. People always ask me, Pastor, when will you be more, more overtly involved in politics? And here's my response. When we reach our entire city for Jesus, then I'll switch to politics. But, but until then, I've got a pretty important work to do, right? Amen. However, here's... here's Here's my prayer. My prayer is this. My prayer is that God will, that God will cause people who have an understanding of who he is and have a faith in him to rise up and say, I'm willing to engage in public service. Okay? And that's exactly where you're at, correct? That is. So, um, so born and raised here, and um, now you're, uh, you're beginning an incredible adventure uh, tell the folks what you're doing and, and kind of how, how God spoke to you about this journey. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. It's so good to uh, be here in this uh, great place of worship where I grew up and my parents came in the early 70s. Um, so pretty much they have been uh, good servants of God for the past 40 years, for over 40 years here. And uh, as I stated earlier, I grew up here uh, I'm very familiar with being on this stage uh, after uh, growing up and going off to college, University of Florida, and then to Lee University, I uh, went on to become an attorney. Uh, so currently I am an attorney, practicing attorney, and from that moment on, I uh, began my journey into, into the world of politics. Uh, I ended up meeting uh, Congressman John Micah at the time, 
after my first year in law school, I uh, moved up to DC for the summer and interned from him. And after I came back home to Orlando, I graduated from law school and ended up meeting Senator at the time, Senator Mel Martinez. After I graduated from law school, I uh, then packed up my car, didn't know what I was planning on doing. I didn't even apply to uh, or interview with any of the law firms here. I knew that I uh, was going to begin my journey in DC, Washington, DC. Mel Martinez at the time uh, called me and stated that he had a position available and uh, I accepted and I have been living and working on Capitol Hill for the past eight years um, or so. And uh, so now I'm home. I've returned home and now I have the greatest opportunity to run for office. And so I've uh, announced my candidacy for District 7, uh, which is pretty much this district, all of Seminole County as well as Orange County, parts of Orange County. And I have thrown my hat in the ring and I am currently a candidate to run for Congress. You know, there's a side of that that just seems really scary to me, <laughs> right? It is, it is absolutely. It's, it's a journey uh, that God has uh, opened doors and the opportunities that, that have been given to me, and I accept gladly. But, uh, you know, the moment uh, that I began my work on Capitol Hill, I knew that this is where God wanted me. Yeah. And it wasn't the fact that the singing ended. Music will always be a part of my family's life. I, I have a couple of my brothers here today with me. But um, at the time, there were two of my other sisters living in the Maryland, D.C. area. And while I was working on Capitol Hill, and every time we needed someone to sing for the national anthem, I would end up calling them, and they would come. So God still used us mightily uh, in D.C. as far as our singing and uh, what we have done and, and, and to accomplish. But I knew in that moment that God was calling me deeper uh, into the world of politics, and he used me uh, because of the issues that I worked on and uh, I was able to share uh, the love of God, and people knew and they saw that uh, in me, and I didn't have to say much about that, but they knew that I was different. You know, you are, you are stepping into a world, and, and I, I don't want to offend you by this, but I've, I've heard this said on more than one occasion, that, um, that politics, that the best definition of politics, poly means many, and ticks are blood-sucking animals, right? So politics, many blood-sucking animals. Yes. Um, you... <laughs> Don't judge me, that's not original to me, it's something I heard. <laughs> um, but it really is that, that to step into the world of politics, you're stepping into the world of mudslinging, you're stepping into the world where, um, and, and, and I'm convinced of this, I, I've, got, I've got friends that, that serve, that there are, there are some wonderful, dedicated political servants, um, but they function in, a, in an environment um, that, is, that, is, um, that is very challenging and can be, uh, overtly hostile to a to a female, to a person of color, uh, and to a believer. Um, you, um, the average person, will look at you and say that you have a significant uphill climb in this. Absolutely. So, so, Absolutely. so why do you do it? Because I have a servant's heart. And I've uh, been in public uh, service all my whole entire life. Even after I left Capitol Hill, I worked for the Securities Exchange Commission uh, where uh, we fought against fraud and white collar crime. And um, I, you know what, it's just that God has placed in my heart to serve and to be a servant um, at all times. And you know, for such a time as this, I do believe that God is raising up individuals 
to take hold of that, we are the next generation, to take hold of that leadership mantle that has been placed upon us. And I am answering that call. So one of the things serve. that we do is this, is we, you know, we recognize this issue of, of that, um, our nation, right? Um, we are indeed one nation under God. Right? We are, we are, we will always be one nation under God because of who God is. Uh, but we are no longer a Christian nation. Make no mistake, we are no longer a Christian nation. We are a post-Christian nation. And, and one, of the, one, of the, one of the keys is this, is that, is that when God speaks to individuals to engage, uh, that they be willing to that they would be willing to engage. And I love the fact that you said that God, is, God has placed this in your heart. That, that really is the key. I, um, I, I, wanted you, I, wanted, I wanted you to, uh, I wanted the folks to hear from you this morning for two reasons. Number one is this. I love the fact that, that when, when, when the moment arose in your life, you said, okay, God, I will step into the moment. God, I, I understand this, that this is a, I understand that this is an uphill climb for me. I, I understand the challenges. I, I, I understand um, the, the difficult environment that you're calling me into. But God, I, I say yes to you. Uh, there, are, there are individuals here this morning that, that God is I'm convinced of this, that God is speaking to you, uh, that they have a responsibility or an opportunity to go and reach unreached people groups. Uh, there, are, there, are, there are people that are here today that God is speaking to them about a career change, and, and that career change is, is specifically because God wants to position them in a company for them to be a witness. I'm also, I'm convinced of this, I'm convinced that in the room today that there are individuals that know that they are supposed to throw their hat in the ring, that they're supposed to say yes to the issue of public service and, and all, that, all that comes with that. It's a, it's a scary thing when you position yourself and you go, okay, you guys get to vote on me, right? It is. Um, You're putting yourself out there. Yes. You are. Uh, but, but, when, but when given the moment, right, when... When, when, that, when, that, when, that, when that time arises in our life, we, we have to step into it. Absolutely. And so I, I just, I want to I wanna tell you, uh, thank you for saying yes to God. Uh, I want to say thank you for still believing in America. Uh, and I, I want you to know this, um, that as a church, and I want you, I want you to listen to me, church. I, I, will, I will never tell you who to vote for, who not to vote for. I will always tell you to vote your values. Okay? But here's what, I, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I said earlier that Vina is a daughter of the house, and she is, she is stepping into a, a very challenging world. God's Word says this. It says that we're supposed to pray for one another, that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. So I want you to put her on your prayer list. And, uh, and I, 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 want you, uh, I want you to daily pray for her, that, pray for her, that, God, will, that God, God will guide her, that God will guard her, right? That the right people uh, that need to come into her life will come into her life, that the people that don't need to be in her life, that God will exit them out. 
and that, that God's perfect will for her will prevail. And, 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 and for those of you that are wondering, God, should I do it? Let, let this sister in the Lord be an example to you that it is, it is imperative that when your moment arises, that you step into it. I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I'm going to ask you to do this. Um, at the close of the service, I'm going to ask you just if you'd be available in the lobby. Because uh, I'm sure that there are people that are going to want to ask you about your journey. Um, I, I, I'm convinced that there are, are people that are going to come up and want to say, okay, I, I, I felt this tug for public service. Um, um, what can you tell me? Um, um, what, are, what, are, what are some of the steps that I should take? Uh, what are some of the things that I should avoid? Uh, and I, I'm also convinced of this. I'm convinced that there are some folks here uh, that will want to that'll want to pray for you today. Uh, but before I let you go, I want to pray for you. God, I, I thank you so much for Vina. God, I thank you for the wonderful heritage uh, that Calvary is in her life and that she is to Calvary. God, thank you that you have placed within her uh, just this this courage, God, and this spiritual fortitude that, that as opportunity arises, as she finds herself at this place, at a crossroad in her life, God, that she's willing to say, the time has come. So God, we speak your blessing over her. We speak your peace over her. We speak your favor over her. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. So here's the question I have for you today. What about you? What is it that God's calling you to do? It might not be something as scary as running for public office. It might be something much more adventurous. You may find yourself as the new Connections Pastor at Calvary. You may find yourself joining a, a ministry team that's, that intentionally is going to go out into the city. Here's what I can promise you. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm about to tell you. There is this principle in Scripture, seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. I want you to say that with me. Seed, time, harvest. Come on, say it again. Seed, time, harvest. The, and there are those moments that God says, listen, a seed is to be planted. In fact, Jesus, when, he's, when, he is, when he is prophesying about his death, when he tells his disciples that he's about to face his death, he says this, a seed has to be planted in the ground. He says this, but understand 
on the third day, I will rise. Seed. Jesus gives his life as the ultimate sacrifice. He endures a brutal beating and then faces a gruesome execution. Time. Three days in a borrowed tomb. Harvest. So we'll celebrate next Sunday. A resurrected Savior. A sovereign Lord. A reigning King who took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he became a conquering hero. It happened because when the time came, Jesus stepped into the moment. And just as God had this wonderful divine timing for Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, God has this wonderful divine timing for you. And here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced because what God has spoken prophetically over this church. I'm convinced because what God continues to confirm over and over and over again. I, I, I shared last week a, a, a dream that Pastor Manny had. I, I received uh, late this week, an individual sent me a text and said, Pastor, I don't normally do this sort of stuff, but I feel very compelled to share with you what God has put on my heart, that, that, that the vision that God has given you for the church, that it is going to come to pass. And Pastor, it's actually going to be bigger than what you think. See, here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that with, at, at what God is doing in the moment, He's doing so, and he's brought us together, and there is this convergence of that all over this room that God is saying, my daughter, the time has come. My son, the time has come. My child, the time has come. My church, the time has come. The question is, what will you do with that moment? For some of you here this morning, here's what it means. It means the time has come to stop running. You have, you have debated theology. You've questioned scripture. You've pushed back against the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And you come here today as a skeptic maybe a little bit as a seeker. And God has brought you here today to say to you, the time has come. God has you tuning in via social media this morning to say the time has come. It, it, it's time for the questions to be done. It's time for the skepticism to go. It's time for the arms reach connection with God to shift. And God said, today is the time. Now is the time for you to enter in to active relationship with me.
I understand you still have questions. I want to let you in on a little secret. Every relationship you have in life, you still have questions. I guarantee you, my wife 32 years ago, almost 33 years ago, had lots of questions about me when we got married. I had questions about her, but I knew enough that I knew I wanted to put the ring on that finger. There are things about God I still don't know, friend. Let me tell you this. I've been a Christ follower since I was 15 years of age. I'm 52. There are still things I don't know, but I know enough. And so do you. The time has come. For some here today, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit is engaged in your life in this moment. And you've got that relationship that needs to be dealt with. You have that activity in your life that you know is compromising. You've got that habit that needs to be addressed. And your recurring mantra is tomorrow. Friend, the time has come. The time has come. And yes, there are those in the room that as Vina came and shared her story of of stepping into a very scary arena, it was a confirmation for you for this, this courageous moment that God has you in. Maybe it's public service. Maybe it's vocational ministry. Maybe it's career change. God's brought you here today to say, the time has come. There are those who will watch this. They're watching it now via social media. They'll watch it via Good Life 45. sensing that as a member of the large de-churched population in Orlando and sensing I think I need to reconnect I think I need to get back into church but the time has come the time has come Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.